welcome to another episode of Forgotten Cello Music. This is from Traveling Cello. Hi, I'm Aaron. This is episode 22. It is the second episode that I will use Advice to Young Musicians by Robert Schumann as my talking point. In this episode, I will be taking a little closer look at some of the points that Schumann makes. Highly esteem the old, but also take a warm interest in the new. In this episode, I'll be taking a slightly closer look at Schumann's advice about good quality, or as he puts it, great music. Just a little bit about why he might have put it in those terms and what he meant by it. What implications that has for serious musicians and students. This might have left quite a legacy of austere language and viewpoints. Also, why this I believe to be quite a subjective approach to music and the beliefs of serious music. And, of course, because my project deals with so-called forgotten cello music, why I believe it's good to explore music of, of composers and, and, uh, and the compositions of those cellist composers who may not be of the insp- inspired rank, the, the, the level of a Bach or a Beethoven and Mozart and so on. To begin, I will be reading three quotes from page 26 of the bilingual edition of Advice to Young Musicians. Number one, highly esteem the old, but take also a warm interest in the new. Be not prejudiced against names unknown to you. Two, do not judge a composition from the first time of hearing. That which pleases you at the first moment is not always the best. Masters need to be studied. Many things will not become clear to you till you have reached a more advanced age. 3. In judging of compositions, discriminate between works of real art and those merely calculated to amuse amateurs. Cherish those of the former description. And do not get angry with the others. Let's look at Schumann's audience. And to hear a complete reading of Schumann's advice to young musicians, please listen to episode 21. There I read the complete English version and none of the German version. When you read through Advice to Young Musicians by Robert Schumann, it's obvious that he is speaking to serious students, serious musicians. Any amateur would not need to, or have the time really, to delve into serious ear training and uh, developing the entire musician 
working on harmony, working on composition, um, thinking about how to craft a line of music uh, within the harmonic implications and uh, balancing the chords and all the things that go with making music sounds polished. I, I really do think that the advice that he's giving is meant sincerely in helping the student develop a more meaningful musical experience. And indeed, if you engage in these ad pieces of advice, you will certainly have better results in your music making. It seems to always encourage the the end goal, the end result, which is a musical goal, something that can be seen as an artistic result. Here's my thoughts on what the interpretation has been over the years of the advice that Robert Schumann gives. And specifically, I'm talking about the points read at the beginning, toward the beginning of this episode. My observation is that it seems to have been used more like a whip in getting students to stick to the regimen, continue on exactly the same line that their teachers took and the teachers before them without deviation, no questions asked sort of mentality. The point that one should not waste their time on second-rate music and only play that of the masters uh, is the first point I want to talk about. Now, first of all, I want to make it clear I am not putting down the music of the masters. The music of the masters is great music, and it, it's great for good reason. I love the great music just probably as anybody listening to this podcast episode loves great music by Bach and Beethoven and Mozart and Brahms and Shostakovich and Prokofiev and all those, Rachmaninoff. It's safe to say that we can agree that the master's music is considered great music for good reason. It's valuable, it's rewarding, and it is good for educational experiences, uh, both for the student and for the serious musician who has already gone through the student experience. You can always learn something. We also might agree, and maybe some of you listening to the podcast would also agree with me here, that within the classical community, and now that I've branched out a little bit here and there, I, I think you can agree even in most walks of life um, that this kind of austere language has been taken too far. The severity of it is such that you you dare not branch out lest you incur the wrath of whatever they, those people are that are setting the standard. In the advice to young musicians, he says, your time is better spent studying and playing uh, the masters like Beethoven and Mozart. And it continues to this day. Um, but I argue that there are lots and lots of people who wish to explore other composers. Why is that? Well, I think maybe the first reason is that you just simply hear the same music over and over and over again, and one grows tired of it. I mean, 
think of your own experience. Do you want to listen to the minuet by Beethoven a hundred times every month or the little minuets by Bach? Um, Pachelbel's Canon, do you want to listen to that a hundred times every single month? Does that, I mean, does that appeal to you? Or even take one composer or one style. Isn't it nice to branch out and hear something a little bit different? And also, you may want to explore what is considered second-rate music for your own discovery purposes. So you don't know why people look down on these so-called second-rate composers. You want to discover it for yourself. You may find that, in your opinion, your teacher was right, and you think that your time is better spent playing the, the great masters. And, you know, especially in your student years, that may be true. Uh, I think there's a, a place and a time to uh, adamantly stick to what your professor, your mentor is suggesting and the road that the, the mentor is leading you down uh, because they may have a, a really good reason for it. To, to develop your ear, to develop your musicianship in a, in a certain way, to get it to the level that is appropriate for your goals. Another reason is that you may very well discover inspirational and very good music, and oh, heaven forbid you might even discover great music that nobody's played. And, you know, after all, <laughs> Robert Schumann said it himself, do not judge a composition from the first time of hearing. Mm -hmm. Take also a warm interest in the new. Be not prejudiced against names unknown to you. Ah. Esteem the old, look at the new. So the application of this principle. Highly esteem the old. Take a warm interest in the new. Don't be prejudiced against names unknown to you. At first glance, I, it kind of seems at this point contradicts the premise about sticking to great music. You know, at least, <laughs> at least in a way. Uh, you might perceive it, though, that he's speaking specifically about music you have not discovered yet from great composers that have been established as writing great music, inspired music. However, you know, with, with change, one needs time. There are very few people in the world that are able to just change and accept something different. Uh, that, that doesn't happen for the majority of people from my observations. And it certainly doesn't happen with me. I need time, and even, I will tell you the secret right now, I had to take a lot of time uh, before I decided upon this project because I too, although I admired the compositions by Goltermann, I was thinking, well, this is not like the, the, the music that Bach would write or Beethoven or, you know, the, the stuff that you grew up studying. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's got a different flavor. It's got a different, slightly different style. I mean, it's classical romantic, of course, but it's it's got a different kind of trajectory. It's it, it flies a little differently. 
takes you some time to adjust. But eventually, I thought, there is quite a lot of value in his music, and I wanted to explore that more deeply. And so, here I am, a year and a half later, still grinding away at the Forgotten Cello Music Project with, as I just mentioned earlier, change is hard for most people, so I don't really have that many followers or that many viewers, but maybe someday. Now some specifics about the music of those neglected cellist composers, and even neglected works by well-known, even great composers. So, Goltermann, Klingel, jo Joseph Holman, uh, Albert Siklos, these people whose music has not been played very much, they, when you look at their compositions and play them through, you know immediately that they have a very good working knowledge of composition. They know what they're doing. They know how to write good music in practice, good music in theory. And their works are pleasant, and sometimes they even inspire. And I would make the case, uh, especially for Klingel's music, I really think he's got something to his music that is a little bit more special even than Goltermann's. I'm really just saying that, you know, it's this is good music. It's interesting. Why don't you take a look at it? I'm inviting you. I'm inviting more people to take a look at this, this music. There are some more reasons to play music by these composers. Uh, for one, this allows, if you're a teacher, this allows your students to see and for you to see that there really was a lot of cello music being written in the 1700s and the 1800s and uh, even the 1900s. Well, especially if you consider Rostropovich and, and the, the myriad, I think he, he commissioned 260 works, if I remember correctly. So just in the 20th century alone, 260 works, um, and probably a handful of those are now considered great. Shostakovich, Cello Concerto Number 1, for example. If for no other reason, this gives us a completely new perspective on cello music. You know, when I grew up playing cello, I literally believed, I thought that cello had almost no music to their name. I, I, I actually thought that, oh, violinists and, and pianists have uh, have all the good music, and we, we are left with uh, just a few, like Dvorak Cello Concerto or Saint-Saëns Number no. 1, and of course the Bach Suites and the five Beethoven sonatas. But when you look at IMSLP's list of cello music, there's thousands of works there. So if nothing else, it gives us a, an enlightened and encouraging perspective on original works that were written for cello. At going on, the music by these composers really does offer a, a good bridge between the elementary works and the more advanced works. Do not judge a composition from the first time hearing it. Do not get angry with 
the others or the works that were meant for amateurs. Everyone needs to dig into the music and explore it more deeply to find out what comprises the music. You should not be superficially tied to anything, nor should you be superficial in playing the music. As already stated, opinions are merely that, opinions. These are my opinions, and I, I don't think that I'm particularly alone, especially in this day and age. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. A lot of serious students have uh, branched out. They do all sorts of things. They, they arrange music of great composers. They um, compose new music. They play music that is from completely different genres. It's just uh, the way it is the, the, these days. To finish out, I have a short story. Uh, it involves not necessarily a lesser composer, still a, a, a great composer, maybe less popular by number of plays, but when I was in college... I began listening to recordings of Stephen Isserlis. Anyway, I was particularly drawn in by his sound and his interpretation, his way of playing, not to mention the selections that he made on his albums. Yes, he played all the standards. However, many of his albums included works that are considered uh, non-standard. They, they might even be considered second-rate. And that drew me in not only his style of playing, uh, the passion, the, the bravura, just having those works that were non-standard on his album, just the thought of him taking the time, making the effort, and convincing the record label to put those on there uh, was uh, a great heroic event <laughs> in my mind, and I, I appreciated it greatly. I So I bought this album uh, that he recorded all of the works by Foray for cello and piano. In it were, of course, the two sonatas, which I did not know existed before buying the album. The first cello sonata in D minor is absolutely mesmerizing to me. I love it. I feel like I'm in a in a fairy tale. It's a it's a different world uh, to me. I really couldn't get enough of it. I would listen to this album uh, all the time. It was something that I went back to again and again. Uh, it has this dr driving, but somehow um, gentle rhythm. It's driving, but it's gentle. I don't know how Foray managed to do that, but it's just phenomenal writing. Uh, it's very hard to play, too. <laughs> and I know that because jumping ahead a couple of years, I'm in the last year of my master's degree. My Russian-trained professor asked me what I wanted to include. We had chosen some pieces, and then uh, there was one last slot, and I said, well, this foray cello sonata number one in D minor. 
I, I love this piece and I really want to play it. Uh, he looked at me skeptically, uh, probably for a number of reasons. There was not one specific reason. Uh, but the one that I remember the most vividly is that he basically repi replied without hesitation that he doesn't play music like that. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, okay, I mean, there's, there's opinions and uh, maybe I should reconsider because this is my professor and he, he, he probably has good reason for it. But in the end, he allowed me to play it. Uh, I think it just goes to show that even music by great composers can be overlooked simply because somebody doesn't like it and maybe they grew up with the opinion from their teachers that this just isn't good music for whatever reason. Long story short, I've always been drawn to lesser-known composers in a way. A another composer is the is Grieg. Uh, his cello sonata is is slightly more often played than the foray cello sonatas, but it's still not it's still not standard fare like Beethoven or Brahms or Shostakovich. It's it's a left a little bit on the wayside. It's still great music. It's a long piece of music. And it, uh, you know, it's kind of epic in nature. Uh, but it's right up my alley. I really enjoy that kind of, that kind of stuff. In my undergrad degree, going back a few years, I assisted my cello professor in compiling a list of works for cello. And that included solo cello, cello with piano, uh, cello with orchestra, and cello duets, if I remember correctly. And I had never done anything like that before, so obviously I didn't know until that moment that after looking through the Groves Music, uh, Dictionary of Music and Musicians and the German equivalent, MGG, did I realize how many works there were. This is before INSLP, so we only knew of published works. We couldn't find random pieces like we do these days. But still, it, it ran into the hundreds of pieces. And uh, I think that was probably the one of the early catalysts to get me going on, on this kick. And I remember it to this day that I wanted to play more music. I bought lots of cello recordings that were off the beaten path. Um, for example, uh, Siegfried Palm, Intercommunicazione. Intercommunicazione? Anyway, uh, he played all modern works that basically nobody plays. And the same is true with Wolfgang Buttkir. Um, really interesting music, but, you know, it's just not played a lot. Maybe it's not easily understood. It's hard. It's hard music, too. To say the final thoughts, this project is right up my alley. I enjoy music that is off the beaten path that a lot of people would not consider even listening to, let alone playing. But I'm here to say, listen to it. Listen to it again. Try it out. Play it for yourselves. It's it's interesting. 
It, I mean, a lot of it is good music. Well, that's it for today. It's an extra long episode because that's the way of opinions. Long, wordy, and uh, not succinct. I hope you have a great day. I hope you've listened to the entire episode and you go back and listen to episode 21 so you can hear all of the points of advice to young musicians by Robert Schumann. With that, I wish you Auf Wiedersehen and play more forgotten chart music.